Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Christian Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And you just played me. I thought we were going to do that together. Oh, I didn't. It's all right. I just didn't know what we were doing. It's all good. Uh, this is our first time back with just the two of us. We've done some guest episodes lately, which has been awesome. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how have you been handling this this cold? You're from I the South originally. love it. Oh. I love it. Great. Like this cold. Like yeah. last week or two weeks ago, I was like, like cool. Mm-hmm. And now it's like actually cold. Cause yeah. This is how cold it actually gets in Georgia. I know I'm, oh, I know yeah, I am from get, the yeah. south, but it would it would snow like once a year, okay, um, or really ice, just because it would be like this kind of cold, and mm-hmm. then it would freeze. And I love it. I love layers. I this is my third sweater today. Like not today. <laughs> this is my third sweater today because it's like I love changing in the new sweaters. No, <laughs> I want to show off my sweater collection. <laughs> my third sweater of the week because it started on Tuesday, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. It, so. One of the things that blows my mind is when Texans say they love the cold. And I'm like, okay, how cold are you talking about? Oh, you know, like 50s and 60s, like that's perfect. That's not really even that cold yet. But this is, it's been 30s and 40s for the last couple of days. So, I mean, we're starting to get into that cold-ish. Uh, I've seen like pictures from my family and friends back home. <laughs> and it's like negative seven degrees yeah. and a foot of snow already. So like... I'm so happy that I'm living down here. But. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was playing best friend with some of the teens like last week or two yeah. weeks ago, and I, uh, I did, game. I did cold or hot. I think like what they prefer, and most of them raised their hand for cold. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do you live here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Why here? are you in Houston? Uh, yeah, it, it. I do like this time of year though because most of my nice clothes is actually it's cold weather clothes. So like you said, sweaters and uh, scarves and stuff like that. So I don't really get to wear it except for a couple months out of the year. So I'm excited. This is good. And actually, the day before it got really cold, I was up at uh, Todd Mission, Texas, mm-hmm. for the Texas Renaissance Festival. Oh, yeah. And that day, it was actually in the like 70s. So That's I was, fun. yeah, I, but I was wearing my, my kilt as, as one does. And yeah, it was like, it was perfect weather. Cause the whole day it was like between the forties and seventies the whole time. It was great. Um, and so it was good kilt weather, but I think it would have been miserable if it was in the thirties. Did growing up, did, did you guys always make the joke like, oh man, weather in Iowa was so unpredictable. Oh my gosh. Everyone. I've lived in a couple different places, but I feel like everyone in every region makes that same yep. joke. Yeah, because that's been—I saw like a comic about that about Houston, and I was like, "That's true." And I was like, "Well, you could say that about Georgia too, because yeah. we would say that about Georgia." And the so. crazy thing is, it, it's just a different type of weather changes. So like here in Houston, it's almost always something to do with like rain, right? Or it'll go from 120 degrees down to 100 degrees, right? But in Iowa, it's more like it's going to rain one day, it's going to snow the next, and it's going to be sunny and 70 degrees the next day. So it's... 70 degrees. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um, but every region has that. Mm-hmm. It's just... I don't know. Everyone just thinks it's it's themselves. Yeah. like It's the worst here. It's so unpredictable. Well, yeah, weather it is unpredictable. Move somewhere else. It's the exact same thing. If only there were people who had jobs that could tell us what the weather was going to be. Yeah. And be right. 
or if oh, they were wrong what a day that would be then they would have no repercussions yeah if all the raindrops were lemon gums oh my gum gosh drops. what are you taking in right now <laughs> not not much different than the last time we recorded which i think i was telling you guys i was reading that papal document <laughs> that i always oh, forget yeah, that, the name of when i tell somebody i remember redemptor missio yeah redemptoris missio redemptoris missio correct which is great um, that was so funny we struggled so much to pronounce that in the last episode and i and then parasite because there's like three movies that came out recently that i'm like we're super hi- hyped to see that one the lighthouse which i haven't seen yet uh, which is with um the guy that played green goblin oh uh people that's, make that's from boondock his, saints they make fun of his name Oh, I love him as an actor. I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Anyways, it's him and then Robert Patterson. And it's like a black and white film. It's really weird. It's a black and white film? Yeah, like they filmed it in like actual old school black and white film. Hmm. And it's about two guys that live off in a deserted island because in a lighthouse alone. Because they, that's their job back in the day. Oh, they get to live there. I think I saw something, like an advertisement like, for that, or a trailer. Eventually, like, are they going crazy? What's real? What's not? Because yeah. they're alone the whole time. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, because people always say... I haven't seen that yet. Dafoe. Chris saw it, because uh, we like to watch weird movies together, and he all he had to say about it was, hmm. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything else until you see it. Hmm. And then on two, Monday... No, Sunday, I saw highly anticipated Jojo Rabbit, hmm. which was so good. Uh, Lizzie's apparently says it's probably one of her, like, in her top, like, of all time. Like, top five? Maybe, yeah. Wow. I don't know if I could say that, but I, I loved it. I mean, I love... We'll say it anyways. Wakia Takiti. I don't know how to say his name. The guy that did Ragnarok. Oh, Yeah. He's the director and the play plays Hitler. Okay. Wow. Okay. But if you don't know what that move's about, it's about a child in the Hitler youth who's growing up like blindly, who like under the reign of Hitler, like wanting to be in the regimen. And then his imaginary friend is Hitler. His imaginary friend? Yeah. Like that's not really Hitler. That's his imaginary friend. Oh, wow. Okay. Because um, he never actually meets Hitler. Dang. And then lo and behold you find out it's not really a spoiler it's in the trailer but lo and behold his mom is hiding a jew mm. in their house and it's like what do you do it's, it's a it's a feel-good movie wow that's kind of crazy I heard, I heard he's also my brother was texting me yesterday saying that he's also in uh the new mandalorian tv show mm-hmm. on he's Disney one Plus. of the dro- the the he's like a droid he does, he voices a droid okay have you seen it no okay i just i, I saw an article if you have Disney Plus, I was gonna yeah. <laughs> invoke co-host rights and my, move did it in. just come out like, at the twelfth? Okay, because yeah. my sister was texting my entire family today, like, "Are we doing this? Are we going in on it?" But I was actually reading an article about how Netflix, most things, are actually trying to figure out how to crack down on password sharing. Yeah, yeah, most like that. Are. Like piracy was the thing like a few years ago, but now the new thing is password sharing, and yeah. that they're like, like they're looking at their revenue that they're missing. 
based on people sharing passwords and it's huge. It's insane. Yeah. I, I think I, I was just talking to someone about this this morning. I honestly think Disney plus is going to revolutionize streaming and streaming already has revolutionized TV. But within the first two days of the, the Disney plus being released, they have over 10 million subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And part of what they're doing is they're reaching out to all these other places. So uh, they just got, um, oh, what's the company that has the Simpsons? ABC? No. Fox? I think it's Fox. I think it's Fox. Yeah, I think it's Fox. They have, yeah. So they did a contract with them. Now they have everything from the Simpsons is now on Disney Plus too. So one of the things Disney Plus is doing really well is they're reaching out to all these different other major companies. Disney or Disney already has like everything. Mm-hmm. But now they're reaching into more everythings and they, they're like powerhouse. I know. So actually, now, I'm going to pull this up real quick. My sister said in that text because my mom was like what is this it's another monthly thing i don't want to add more to my bill then get rid of everything else yeah but don't buy into the the disney giant at the same time she said yeah it's like netflix but with the whole disney franchise which is like everything marvel pixar disney channel disney itself and i just said lol that's what they want you to think they've won yeah and my mom just like laughed at that yeah I mean, yeah, me and Liz, you're super true. torn because we want it and it's cheap, but we don't want to support like I hate Disney. I hate Disney. I hate Disney as a company, but I got to admit, like I love most of their content. <laughs> I know you can hate me. It's okay. No, it's fine. I mean, I do too. It's just... <laughs> it, it, it is hard though. Cause one of the big things, one of the main reasons why I dislike disney as a company is they are huge supporters of planned parenthood and other abortion facilities which is awful to begin with and it really doesn't make sense to me because children are their main target audience too and they're killing off their own target audience um so it, it doesn't make sense to me and so that's one of the reasons why i'm torn um i mean they're a what is it called a agalopoli agalopoli Oligopoly? Oligopoly? Oligopoly. Yeah. And they're almost a monopoly. Like, if they're actually, because of their streaming service, reaching out to other channels, then... They're basically taking Very soon, they'll be a monopoly. Right, which is forcing Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those others to change how they do it Mm -hmm. or cease to exist. And so, is it Netflix that just signed a deal with Nickelodeon, I think? I don't know. Someone just did. I hope it wasn't Disney, because then it's already over. If we have Disney and Nickelodeon power teaming. But yeah, that's the that's the sitch. Now there's Apple Plus, which was already Apple TV, but they pretty much, those two have been trying to roll out at the same time. Hmm. Anyways, what have you been taking in? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, what have I been taking in? Um, actually, a, a lot of the stuff I've been taking in was from this weekend when I went to the Renaissance Festival. Hmm. So... Going in, I, I told you and Joel last week, I've been listening to a lot of like Scottish folk music, yeah. which I still have been doing, and Irish folk music too, but mostly Scottish. And while I was up there, I I was there for two full days, so I watched just about every show up there, and I watched the full armored combat. They have like knights in full armor, and it just, they go at it. So that's a, a company. Um, checked them out a couple of times. The Dublin Harpers, so it's a Celtic harp band. That's amazing. It was so cool. And they did a cover of the the Cantina song from Star Wars. It was so cool. 
And then the Tartanics was another big one I listened to. So they're like a uh, Scottish, uh, it's like drums and bagpipes, but rock songs, basically. And they also are the ones that do the the music for the fireworks that night. And so they do the bagpipes shooting mm-hmm. flames out. Over yeah. There. Yeah. So all that cool stuff. I've still been crushing through Star Wars Clone Wars because I want to get through all of the main Star Wars canon before episode nine comes out in December. So I've been trying to do that. And now that the Mandalorian's out, I'm even further behind. Um, Catholic Answers Live Council of Trent by Trent Horn, who's one of the Catholic Answers apologists. Probably my favorite podcast right now that I'm listening to Mm. is uh, Mysterious World with Jimmy Aiken, who's another one of the apologists from Catholic Answers. But he has this podcast where they take mysterious things around the world or like things that have happened or mysterious beliefs or um, mysterious things through scripture, stuff like that. And they take a look at it from a faith and a reason perspective. They look through all of the main arguments for what happened in that situation. And then they kind of walk through them Hmm. in a non-bias or slightly non-bias way as much as you can. He does a really good job of staying in the middle. He does express like, this is what I believe, but this is the, the like, What's the term? The iron or steel arm, steel arming an argument. I don't remember. Uh, steel man. That's what it is. When yes. You, yeah. When you take an argument and you give its best right uh, argument for that thing. Yeah. Um, so he does a really good job of doing that for everything, and it's really really cool. So the most recent one that I listened to was on uh, this explosion that happened in Siberia that wiped out um, this landmass the size of. Uh, I want to say it's like, I think it was like Ohio or something like that. It was like Hmm. some American state, but, and no one knows what caused it, but what happened, it blew up windows and like shattered glass all through Russia, which is a huge country, but no one can pinpoint what happened. So uh, there's that talked about the great pyramids of Giza talked about the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm going to adapt those because I am like, I I don't have any podcasts anymore. Okay. Mostly because the ones that I haven't listened to just aren't like clicking with me. Um, like the Gomer's other one and the one I cho- started you on to start with this. I just, I don't yeah. really listen to them. And so I started listening to actually uh, Drunks and Dragons, which is now oh, yeah. uh, Greetings Adventures um, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've been listening to that and Art of Manliness because the podcast that I actually listen to, like up to date, I'm up to date with, and they don't come out with a bunch. And mm-hmm. Arcs stopped coming out with podcasts for some reason. Yeah, I don't so know in there. that's great because I need another podcast. It's like really, really good. one that's like going to keep my attention. Yeah, and part of it is kind of academic. I mean, Jimmy Aiken is brilliant. He's like yeah. one of the smartest guys I've ever listened to. So I, I would recommend it to anyone. Then the last thing uh, is I've been listening to the musician Rita West. She's a Catholic musician. Hmm. So found her a couple weeks ago and just been listening to a lot of her music. So Nice. Good stuff. You should check out a band called Off Kilter. Off Kilter? Yeah. Is that another kilt joke? It is. Yeah. So it's like off kilter like the word, but they all were kilts. They were in Epcot in Disney and they were in Ireland. And there was a, it's like they're hmm. like an Irish rock band. But nice. I also do like Irish ballads with bagpipes and stuff. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Since I was repping my kilt all weekend, I did some research because when I first bought it, I didn't uh, I didn't look at the 
the tartan, the, mm. the color scheme. Um, cause each one typically represents like a family or something or a business or whatever. And I just got one that I liked and that kind of matched, uh, like my favorite colors and stuff. And I just realized it is called, uh, the black watch tartan, which is one of the most popular ones now, but is, uh, based off of some Highland military group from the 1700s that, uh, supposedly does not get along well with the Irish. And so my plans to wear it for St. Patrick's Day is a terrible idea. Is really bad because apparently a true Irishman will jump you if they recognize those hmm. colors. So yeah, I might be able to get away with it in the states. Just wear it inside out. Just uh it's the same colors <laughs> all the way through. So I need to find an Irish a kilt now. Yeah. Uh, I'll just go get like a straight. Is that a thing? I don't know if there is Irish kilts. Sure there are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, what is the ancient order of Hibernians? Sure. Are you familiar with them? No. It's a, like a, I think they're a Catholic group actually, but it's uh, Irish Catholics, if I remember correctly. So like priests with kilts? Uh, I My priest back home is an Irish Catholic and he's part of the, the That's AOH. Awesome. So yeah. But I think theirs is like straight green or something. But yeah, there's different Irish ones as well. Okay. So, Clint, do you love this country? Yeah. So you like bald eagles? I, I don't think I am obsessed with America as much as Texans are. Yeah. That's I'm also true. not obsessed with Texas or, or as much the, as Texans or are. The lobbies. Or the lobbies, yeah. Uh, what about jelly? Do you like jelly? I love jelly. Peanut butter well, jelly great. is my favorite thing. We're not going to be talking about either of those things today. Instead, we're going to be talking about peanut butter falcon <laughs> <laughs> what a transition that was beautiful thank you oh so good so, uh, good. so another thing i've been taking in <laughs> i rewatched recently <laughs> oh uh rewatched recently the peanut butter falcon a movie i've mentioned on this podcast and we are now able to crack it open as a topic let's do it <laughs> this is a movie a with shia labeouf labeouf and Dakota Johnson, mm-hmm. which we're just talking about, and then his name is Zach Godinson, Godin something. And Zach is a real person. That's his character name in the show, or in the movie, I should say. But that's also who he is. And essentially, how this movie came about was that the two directors that wrote the movie and directed it—I th- I don't know if they wrote it or directed it or what—but the two people that were highly involved in the movie were at this camp for. Kids with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. which is Zach has Down syndrome. And they were talking to Zach, and he was talking to them about how when he grows up, he wants to be an actor. And they were like, Ooh, like you might want to like change that to something else because people don't make movies for characters with Down syndrome. And like you're not going to really fit another role. Um, you can't act as if you don't have downs, so like do something else. And he just looked at him and was like, well, why don't you guys make it? So they walked and studied and breathed Zach's life for like three, two years. Mm-hmm. And they wrote this movie, which is fictional, but a lot of the things, like the name itself, are like true events that, that happened. So like Zach at some point came up with the name Peanut Butter Falcon, um, and they went with it. So I'm reading some notes on this right now, and it says most of the script is built around like his hopes and dreams that he expressed to them during like mm-hmm. this, this time. So that's kind of cool. And so it's funny cause I wanted to talk about, 
there was a book I read a while back that I mentioned on the podcast called Tattoos on the Heart with Father Gregory Boyle. He does uh, gang ministry. Okay. And his thing is kinship. Like that's his big thing, kinship, which is literally just like being authentically real and walking and living and breathing with other people. Yeah. And there's a story that he tells, which I'll just summarize, but he usually when he has a speaking gig, he'll take two gang members that he knows can go. And he takes this one guy named Mario to one of them and Mario shares his story and then uh, he walks off and they start applauding and uh, he walks up to uh, Father Boyle and they'll call call him G because his name's Gregory and he's like hey G they're really like they're really clapping for you and he's like no man that's for you and like he's suddenly like dawned on him and the one thing he always says like immediately he was returned to himself in that moment. And that's like his phrasing all the time. And then later they have this Q and a, and he's like, I want you to come up with Q and a with me. And the a lady comes up and says, asks him a question. He's like, Hey, you say you're a father and your son and daughters are starting to reach their teenage years. What wisdom do you impart on them? What advice do you give them? And he thinks really slowly and starts to get choked up. And he's like, I just, I just don't want them to turn out like me. And she says, I hope your kids do turn out like you. And he starts crying and people start applauding. And once again, he says, and that woman had returned him to himself. And that's what I think this movie is. This movie is about people just returning each other to themselves. And that's what actually filming the movie did. So I watched some interviews before I got to see the movie and afterwards. And Shia LaBeouf talked about, you know, usually he comes into a movie and he's like, I'm a method act. I'm going to do these things. I, I've done this before. And he gets all, but he couldn't do that with this movie because right. Zach is downs and he would like start to do that. And then Zach would just like say something that wasn't scripted and he had to run with it. And he would just, he just broke Shia LaBeouf and he said, he's so grateful for it because mm-hmm. it's, it's returned him to himself. Yeah. I don't, I don't know much about this movie, but I do remember seeing like a short interview with Shia LaBeouf and he talked about how, this like returned him to like his his start in acting and right. his like roots and his desire right. to act right and so when i say that like when we talk about us and our story to re- returning to yourself means like that we're technically technically we're talking about identity and like who you are really yeah. not like i am this great actor i am an artist i am a weird I was in Transformers and now I have a beard and like a man bun it's like <laughs> no like I have a passion to that sounds like you <laughs> I'm talking about Shia LaBeouf <laughs> uh, I know I have a passion to like do something that's beautiful I have a passion to do something that people are going to enjoy and love yeah. and share and for us it's like I have a passion to grow in Christ and who I am as a son or daughter of God well, some of it too seems like uh, positive humility in mm-hmm. a way where um, it does come down to identity, right? Because we've talked about humility on here before and the definition that I've used is knowing who God is and knowing who you are, right? And knowing that, that relationship. Actually, I just put in parentheses humility. Oh, really? Right next to what I was talking about. And I, I didn't look up until, yeah. Oh, great. Well, we're on yeah. the same page then. Uh, so... Yeah, so if we know who God is and we know who we are and we understand that relationship between us, 
humility has this idea of recognizing, yes, we are small in comparison to God, but it also means recognizing when we do something that is positive and what is good. And so it sounds like with this gang member and with Shia LaBeouf and the other actors, they're recognizing who they are, not this false perception of who they've put themselves Mm -hmm. off to be. So like we hear in, in gang stories all the time, people present themselves in a certain way to seem stronger or more powerful than they are so they can protect themselves. Same thing in acting. Your job is to pretend to be someone you're not. Yeah. And so in both of these situations, it sounds like they, when they're returning to themselves, they're returning to who God made them to be and, and a better understanding of what that is. And who they see those around them to be. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, originally I'm sure Shia came in this movie, not really caring much about Zach. Just like, I'm gonna do this movie. Yeah. And at the end he's like, what are we doing now, Zach? Like, how's this scene going to play out? You run it. Like yeah. you lead, I'll follow. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. kind of start, uh, really about the movie, we have three characters, Zach, mm-hmm. Tyler, who is Shia's character, and then Eleanor, who is Dakota Johnson. Okay. And um, one thing that you always like to do, so I tried to do it, was look up the meanings of those names. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, I found nothing, unless you know something about Tyler. But mm-hmm. Zach is, means the Lord has remembered. And I think in the context we're talking about, like even in his, in his like Down syndrome or in the state of like where even now, I think, what, what's the country? Iceland? Greenland where like what are you talking about that uh like downs is a disease where they can just like they just kill them oh um I think it's Iceland yeah there's a couple of Scandinavian countries that and are so it's like a way. it's like a group of people with this with this thing that some of the world is just forgetting like turning a blind eye and just forgetting about but Zach literally means the Lord has remembered mm-hmm and then uh, Eleanor means bright or shining one. Interesting. Okay. Did you look up Tyler? Uh, no, I was looking up Eleanor because L in, in Hebrew is, is God. So I was wondering if there's anything there, but uh, it looks like it's a Greek root. So. Did you get the same thing, bright or shining one? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I got. That's what I found. So Zach is a person with Down syndrome. He, you find out right away in the beginning, he's living in... What's that called? An old folks home? I, don't, I always say that, but it's not what it's called. That's a retirement home. A retirement home <laughs> because he has no family. And do his parents die or do they explain it or no? They do explain it later on. They essentially, they, they've left, they left him. Oh, okay. And wow. the government had no money. There was no, nothing they could do. So they put him there to figure it out. Okay. And he's wow. stuck there. Like literally he can't leave. And he says that in the beginning, like I'm they're old, I'm young, why am I here? And so in the very beginning, the first scene is he gets this old lady to pretend to choke on chocolate pudding so he can bolt for the exit and tries to leave and just gets <laughs> tackled in the front scene. He's he's uh, escaped two times in one week, so he's now considered a flight risk. And Eleanor works there. So you come to find out later, she's a widow. She mm-hmm. married and he passed away. So now she has no one, she has no family. And apparently they allude going. to the idea that she has a lot of money and I think it's because of the death, but she's still working mm-hmm. as a volunteer at this retirement home. And so okay. she's become very close and probably the closest friend to Zach. She carries guilt and all these things probably because of everything. And then there's Tyler who you, we meet and his brother passed away. 
his older brother, his only person left in his family. He carries guilt because he was there when it happened. He kind of blames himself and he's like doing illegal things like not like highly legal, but like he's stealing crab traps of another company. And so he's causing a lot of trouble because he used to work for one, but he lost his license. So he doesn't have no job, doesn't have a family. Hmm. So those are your three characters. <laughs> okay. I I can see where this is going, I yeah. think. And yeah. based off the names, I think it fits. Yes, totally. And so really uh, what, how I broke this up is just going through the movie of how each person returned to themselves. So first, how does everybody, everybody meet? Okay. Well, Zach is bound to his room. The old man in his room en- ends up helping him escape through the window. These old people sound awesome. They're yeah. just like <laughs> helping this dude try to escape. It's great because they put, right after he escapes, they put like metal bars on the window. Yeah. And the old guy used to be like an engineer. And so he puts like cloth and then with like a, par- a pole for more leverage is just spinning it. And he's literally bent the bars with like bed sheets. And then he gives Zach like soap. And he's like, put this all over your body. He's like wearing nothing but tidy whities And he's like, you should slide right through. And he does. He falls out and he just starts running. <laughs> In the middle of the night with nothing but his underwear. Oh, this is so funny. Um, and then he hides on the boat of Tyler's Tyler's shrimp, mm. uh, uh, crab boat. Okay. Which, for reference, looks like the swamp. It's a swamp boat, but without the big fan. Oh, okay. It's one of those like underbelly boats. Yeah. And flat bottom. Then the people that he stole the crabs come and like beat up Tyler, and then Tyler is in his mad rage state decides to burn all of their equipment. Um, and then they see, and he's running, so he jumps on the boat, and they jump on a boat, and there's a chase scene, and then he hides, and that's when, uh, when he stops and he's hiding, Zach, like, starts to throw up because he was, like, laying down <laughs> under a cloth, and that's when you see, they meet, he tries to, like, leave him, but then decides not to, and this whole time, Tyler watches this video when he's at the retirement home about, uh, the, oh, I should have wrote that down, the saltwater redneck who is his favorite wrestler of all time. And it's, it's a training video. You mean Zach watched this? Zach did. Okay. Did I say Tyler? You I meant that. Zach. Yeah, right. Zach watched the Saltwater Redneck, and it's a video teaching him how to do the atomic throw, where mm. you like lift someone over your head and throw them. And he and he tells, it's, there's like a wrestling school and this whole thing. So Zach's like, I want to go to that wrestling school. So reluctantly at first, but eventually he figures out, like Tyler's like, I can't live here anymore. I need to leave because the whole town's looking for me. Mm-hmm. Because the fire he started that was small, spread and he burnt down the whole dock so now he's in like legal trouble so he's like i'm going to florida that's here what you say this thing is is here it's along the way i'll take you are you following me maybe we could be friends and buddies bro dogs and chill have a good time in the wrestling schools maiden yes one long road leads all the way down i'll drop you there then and it quickly becomes a as they, a lot of people said, like a Tom Sawyer type film, like mm-hmm. Huckleberry Finn mostly. And that's what they do. They just start traveling. And obviously Eleanor starts looking for him. And uh, eventually they meet up and like she gets mad and she's going to take him back. But then Zach, <laughs> while they're talking privately, takes her car keys and just throws him in the ocean. And so now she <laughs> has to travel with them. <laughs> and that's what she does. Um, so first we have Carol who is the old man that helps free Zach. And when he gives him the stuff, like the, the soap, Zach says, Carol, you are my best friend. 
and you are invited to my birthday party. <laughs> and he goes, oh, thanks, man. That's it right there. Friends are the family you choose. Hmm. And that's kind of just the one quote I have about like how Carol helps her turn Zach back to himself in the sense of like, you might not have anyone and you're stuck here, but like, that's it. Like you have friends and those are people you get to choose and, and they're, and they'll become family. And I think that the idea of choice is really important because I'm sure you and I as youth ministers, we talk about environment with, with our kids a lot. And like I had, I had friends I shouldn't have been friends with and same. And going back to even to the gang, uh, I listened to another podcast from The Art of Manliness. And he's listening to a guy who used to be a, in the mob, like the mafia. And he talks about how like the big sell in gangs and mafia is they, they sell it as a family. Like mm-hmm. you're welcome into this fam family. But it's like this false type of like you're protected and you have people, but you also like owe, owe them stuff. Yeah. And you're trapped. Right. Yeah. And then he escapes, he runs, and then Tyler starts like well stopping there do you have anything i know it's kind of all this whole movie is going to be sort of self-explanatory but yeah i think i see where it's going and most of what i want to say i think is coming up i think you did hit on a good point there of um understanding who you surround yourselves with Mm -hmm. especially going back to the names i mean we have uh well i don't want to give away too much what i want to say in a little bit but uh with zach meaning god remembers right Yes. Or something along the lines. Yeah, line. something along those lines. The Lord has remembered, I think, something. Okay, yeah. So with with that, based off of what you brought up in the beginning with remembering ourselves, right, and being brought back into ourselves, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be something to that where just like how the real Zach affected Shia LaBeouf, I think there's going to be something where Zach helps lead into uh, the others remembering who they are. Yeah. And with Eleanor being uh the light or the shining one or whatever mm-hmm. i think there's going to be something in here where she is the light of christ to to the group and so just recognizing that in this moment of him choosing to do something good tyler i'm talking about when he chooses to do something good by bringing uh zach on this trip he's also choosing to go into a community even though he doesn't know what that means yet and depending on what happens next, we'll find out. I think choosing that community is something that's going to change him for the better. Um, and, and that's something we need to keep in mind with our own own lives. And like you've already said that you've had communities in your life that have been bad. And I think a lot of the times we feel that same mentality of the gangs, but to a lower extent with our friends. Right. Right. I, when, I, when I leave a friend group, I don't feel like I'm going to be killed. Right. So it's not the same. Yeah. But there's something to it where we feel like we will be socially killed if we leave a friend group, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I talk to teens about this all the time when they are, feel surrounded by groups, they, they know they're doing stuff that they don't want to do and they're feeling pressured into doing stuff. I say, if, if you, uh, if you talk to them and they're not willing to respect your, your beliefs and what you want to do here, then you need to cut them off. And you can see in the teen's face how terrifying that is. And I've been in that position before where I had to cut off uh, my freshman year of college. I had to cut off some friends who I thought were really good and then turned out they were super not good for me. And I had to cut them off. And I knew by doing so, I was going to be left without a community for a while. And that's that's scary. But also, in the long run, 
at least from my own experience, I because I did that, I was able to find my best friends who I'm still friends with today. Mm-hmm. You know, and so by cutting off the the bad, it, it's kind of like surgery. You know, yeah. <laughs> when uh, or you have like a disease or something, sometimes it's gonna hurt to to cut off whatever you need to get rid of. But in the end, you're going to feel a lot better right. when it's gone and right. you can actually heal because of that. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what we're, I'm looking at here with this community and choosing the friends. He's unknowingly entering into a community, which right. I think he's going and to end up choosing. They all have open wounds right now that exactly. they're slowly healing from. Yeah. And so I think, I'm just making predictions. I think this is going to happen where we see the community come together, where they have to have the choice uh, where they ha- they're presented with a choice to actually choose this community for themselves. Where right yeah. now they're kind of forced together. Yeah, but they're going to choose it. Yeah, and and uh, before I go into this this next thing, they're they're walking, and at first Zach is annoying Tyler because he's like Tyler, Tyler, like why I'm, I'm my feet hurt, Tyler, and all these things, and so he sets some ground rules. He runs to the store to he doesn't have like any money, but he runs to the store to just get some things. He comes back and he gives him he has pants and he gives him a shirt, so he clothes them. And then he's oh, like, he's still in his yeah the whole time the whole time. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> which actually, Sarah wanted me to put this in the podcast where the scene where he's like, "There's there's the store. Stay here. Do you have any money?" And he's like, "No, I don't have any pockets." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he gives him like cargo pants and a, and a shirt. I think it's his own, but he clothes him. Okay. And then he's like, "Okay, here's the rules. First rule." Don't slow me down. Second rule, uh, I don't remember the second rule, something like that. But he, then he starts putting the backpack on him. He's like, you're going to carry your own weight. And you immediately see, like, versus where he was in, in the retirement home, like, Tyler's not treating him as someone who can't do something. Mm-hmm. He's just treating him like, if you're going to do this and you're going to help me, and you, you, you got it. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party? No, not party. No. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. But then another thing is like Zach can't swim. Okay. And there's a scene where they're trying to cross the river, so he just like inflates everything and puts them, and he like ties it to himself, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna swim across. You hold on." Um, and I start swimming, and then a shrimp boat starts to come, and they almost get run over, and so like. Tyler starts throwing a whole bunch and like pulls him in close, like real fast and barely misses him. And then <laughs> Zach gets up, puts the backpack on and starts walking while Tyler's like heaving on the shore. And he's like, <laughs> rule number one. <laughs> and, and Tyler's like, I mean, Zach's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> but That's then it, as they're chilling at a camp and they're not doing anything and just kind of bored, Tyler goes out in the water and like waves him and starts teaching him how to swim. Mm. And then they're sitting there that night with the fire, just sitting there and, and, and Zach starts like makes this evil laugh. He's like, Bwah. and he's like, I want to be a professional wrestler and I am a bad guy. And Tyler's like, why do you want to be the bad guy? And he's like, because my family left me. And he's like, that doesn't make you a bad guy. Good guys get left too, Zach. And about no silly laugh or wearing black or eyeshadow and shit. Oh, yeah. has, no, has nothing to do with that. Has to do with what's in here. What's in your heart. And you have a good guy heart. Can't do about it. It's just who you are. You're the hero. And then Zach's like, well, I can't be the hero because I have Down syndrome. He's like, what's that got to do with your heart? Who told you that? He's like, coaches, teachers, your coach? What'd your coach say? I am retarded. 
Your coach said that? Probably. Oh, yeah. Coach, your team ever win anything? And then Zach kind of like shakes his head. Like, no. He's like, no. Oh, yeah. You ain't going to never do. That's that's all right. You can't be everything. You ain't going to be no professional basketball player. You ain't going to dunk no hoops. Probably ain't going to be an Olympic swimmer. You sink like a stone because you're all muscle. Muscle sinks. Today, when you pulled me up out of that water, you almost pulled my arm right out of its socket. Most grown folk I know don't even have that kind of strength. You're strong, Zach. F your coach. Hmm. Shia LaBeouf has a heart. (laughs) So uh, this is what I titled as Tyler returning Zach to himself. Because Zach identifies as a Down syndrome. Zach identifies as someone who can't do something. He must be a bad person. Well, this is what our society says, though, too. You know, like you, you were mentioning before, Iceland or whatever country it was. But the same thing is happening in other countries, too. It's not to the same extent. Like it happens in the U.S., now that it's we have the ability to uh, see a lot of um, health or potential health risks and stuff like that, people are choosing to abort their children ahead of yeah. knowing, right? And a lot of the times the, the predictions are not even real. It's, it's a chance of things happening. And they choose to abort it because, well, it it's going to be hard for them. They're not going to have a life that's good enough. And what... Shia LaBeouf's uh, Tyler is saying right now is you are good enough. Yeah. Don't let everyone else tell you you're not good enough just because you're different. He's like, you're not going to do this, right. but I'm not going to do that. I, I can't do that either. <laughs> He's talking about playing basketball. I can't even jump. But you're stronger than I am. Right. And it's true. You see it in the movie. He's super strong. Yeah. And so just because the person has different gifts or maybe they struggle in different areas doesn't mean that they don't have value. And I, I think you have a good point there that he's returning him to himself in that way of uh, recognizing uh, who he is. Yeah. And even telling him like, there's nothing that you can say about yourself. That's going to make you a bad guy. Cause I know you're a good guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't, even if you want to be a bad guy, you can't. Yeah. Cause your heart is good. And then in that same conversation, Zach has a chance to return Tyler to himself because he goes, Tyler, who those people on the boat? And he's talking about they were, they were being chased earlier when they first met. Yeah. And he goes, on the boat, that's Duncan and Rat Boy. They are good guy or bad guy? Bad guy. Tyler, are you the good guy or a bad guy? It's like, I don't know what you think. You are a good guy. And you see Tyler's smile. And then think like as a flashback going back to his brother. And that's when you learn that they're hanging out one night and uh, they were drinking and he was the one driving home and his brother was asleep and then he fell asleep at the wheel. And that's all you see. You don't see the crash or anything, but you just see him like fall asleep and then the flashback's gone. You never go back to it again, but you Mm -hmm. can easily assume he was the one driving and that's the reason why he died. Uh, Yeah. So he's like, he honestly, when he says, I don't know, he honestly doesn't know because he's, that happened. And then since then, he's not been doing anything good with his life. And, but Tyler, Zach sees it. Zach's like, no, you're a good guy. Hmm. This is actually something I talked to to my, my middle school kids about last night when we had ministry and uh, we were talking about how, what we, I identify ourselves with and what we do isn't our true identity and it doesn't change who we are. Um, and I think that's kind of what 
Tyler's falling into right now is he's blaming himself for what happened to his brother. And maybe it was his fault, but that doesn't change who he is or the fact that he has value. In right. the same way that it doesn't change what, that Zach has value either, right. the way that he was born. Right. Um, and I think that's another lie that we tell ourselves, right? I, I'm not worth being loved yeah. because I've done X, Y, and Z. I think you and I struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and this is part of our conversation. Yeah. And so I'm talking to, to us too. <laughs> I know. You know, but like we've all done stupid stuff in our lives, period. Like that's, unfortunately, that's part of our fallen nature as humans, but that doesn't mean that we're not worth being loved. And like you said, I'm saying that to myself too. So that's, that's something we need to keep in mind, I think. Yeah. Thanks, and then, Tyler. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, I know. And then they're moving along, and they encounter this guy who they're going to steal a boat from, but they don't. He's blind, but he's like, are you guys God-fearing people? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, good. And then they flash to a scene, and they're sitting on the side, and he's in the river. And I have this quote, just because I love it, but also it, there's something to it. He's like, there's sheep in this world, and there are wolves in this world. And I know that you two boys are just two fleece-wearing, weary travelers who lost their way. <laughs> Neither one some like Cajun dude or what? Yeah, they're they're not. You think they're in Louisiana, but they're actually in like South Carolina, going down to Florida. Oh, okay. And he's like, neither one of you are wolves, just sheep astray from his flock. And I can't have you boys running off here with your hands all dirty and everything, because a wolf might hunt you down just by the smell of your past sins. I wouldn't want no wolf to get a hold of you because that would be an awful sight. So we're gonna clean you up right with a baptism. And Zach goes, what's a baptism? And Tyler just looks at him and goes, it's like swimming. And then he goes, this is the first day of the rest of your life. Nothing can touch you now under the grace of the Lord. Let all the wolves of your past be laid to rest. And it's like a real silly scene. But considering what we know about the characters, it's also really like, I think what led up to that point to the rest of the movie, Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of important. Like it's a point of, of, you know, the, the liter- literary thing of water, like changing a character. And that's when the only person that actually gets baptized is Zach. He gets, he comes up, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think this also plays into what we've been talking about with returning to yourself. Right. And the choices we can make, like choosing your friends, choosing yeah. to be a wolf or a sheep. Yeah. So I think, I mean, all three of the main things we've talked about mm-hmm. and then also, uh, so returning to yourself, choices that you make and your, your identity lying in something other than your your past because he's talking about your past wolves right that have been chasing you down Mm -hmm. and recognizing that your identity is a child of god and he's being baptized into that family as a child of god yeah um and so i I think that's a beautiful kind of tie into all of that yeah and then right after that this is a really cool scene they're floating together and zach just puts his hand on Tyler, and he goes, Tyler, I'm going to give you all of my wishes for my birthday. Hmm. And Tyler just starts to cry. And he says, thank you. And just like begins to cry. And I, like, that's it for the scene. But like this whole time, he keeps saying to other people, you're invited to my birthday party. You're invited to my birthday party. And this is the first time he was like, for my birthday, like, I want you to have all my wishes. Hmm. And Zach knows nothing about Tyler. <laughs> Besides, he's just like, you're a good person. Yeah. And then right after that, they're hanging out, and they've been—he's been sort of training him to be a professional wrestler because that's what he asked. And he's like, "All right, you know how to do push-ups? Let's do that." And they're—they're—they finally drink this like moonshine they got earlier on, and they're drinking together and they're hanging out. And he's like, "You know what you need? 
you need you need to change your name like what's that guy what's that guy you like and he's like the saltwater redneck he's like yeah he wasn't born with that name he gave himself that name you need, you need an alter ego what do you want it to be and he's like falcon he's like all right hold on he goes and gets some sticks like makes him like some wings and he's like say it i'm the falcon he's like putting dirt on his face and the only thing to have to eat is peanut butter and he's like i need peanut butter and he starts like smearing peanut butter on his face <laughs> and he says i am the peanut butter falcon falcon peanut butter falcon um and i think this ties into the um baptism but i was thinking about like the name change yeah in scripture i love this yeah and like when you know was it abraham so abram to abraham uh we have simon to peter saul to paul i mean there's there's other yeah. ones so too. he's given a new name it's not it's an alter ego for his wrestling but that idea of yeah he's a new person now he's yeah. been baptized and now he's got this is tyler and he knows he's a he's a wrestler mm-hmm. yeah i mean when whenever god gives someone a new name in scripture it always shows that they have like encountered him in a radical way so happening right after his baptism that makes sense that's why we have the quote-unquote christian names or confirmation names too it's the same thing and then so you've encountered christ in a in a radical way and he has changed you and sent you on a mission right and so uh, i don't know if that ties in but that's what it usually means yeah and then we have Eleanor, we haven't really talked about because she doesn't meet him until later, but she, like I explained earlier, has to join them on this journey. And El- Eleanor is changed by Tyler, who's someone that she would have thought was like, stay away and all these things. And she really is drawn out of her comfort zone hanging out with him. And there's a scene where they're hanging out on, on the raft and she's like, hey, do you, do you want something to eat, Zach? And he's like, no, I'm not really hungry. He's like, oh, I know, but you should like, have something. And Tyler's like, don't do that. He's like, I got like an apple and stuff. And he's like, I don't want to eat. And it's kind of like awkward. And so Tyler's like, I got an idea. How about you practice your training? Like, let's see how how, how much you, how long you hold your breath. So he like dunks his head in the water. And as soon as he does that, he starts talking to Eleanor. And he's like, you better stop calling him a retard. And she's like, I've never called anyone that that word. He's like, when people say he's a retard, what they're really saying is he can't do some shit oh, yeah! they can do. So you might not be saying the word retard. I'll give you that. We oh yeah! Sure, I'm making him feel retarded. They ain't gonna help his life. And so he's trying to like let her know like you're you're pampering him too much. Like mm-hmm. don't do that. And then she comes back and I'm like, you've got some real nerve talking to me like that. Do you even know what I do? I've spent the last two years of my life volunteering to hold people's hands as they pass away. I talk to them. I feed them. I change their clothes. I put them to bed. And I'm the last person they see. Yeah, maybe he should be in a reti- shouldn't be in a retirement home. But I did not choose that for him. But that's what happened, and now I'm doing the best I can. And they kind of make a mutual ground. But I think it's real interesting because she does see how Zach is, like, when Tyler lets Zach do something, he he can do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually she does start to see, like, it works. And she hears stories of them, like, being shot at and doing these things that she, like, freaks her out. But he's alive, and he's fine. And then one of the last things I was going to touch on, and we can kind of wrap up without really telling much about the end of the movie, is Zach returning Eleanor to herself. There's a scene where they decide to take a break, and there's a rope swing, and they're going to like swing and stuff. And so they both do it, and they're both waiting for Eleanor to do it. And Eleanor's like, kind of scared. And Zach just says, it's easy. Just hold on and let go. And Zach's just teaching how to swing. But there's a song by this band called The Classic Crime, who have a lot of Christian themes in their songs, and it's, it's a song called Hold On and Let Go, and that's all they say in the song is, Hold on and let go. 
And I think there's something spiritual about that when we sit with that, like what do we hold on to and what we need to let go of. Hmm. And he, and that, and that scene, that's what I, you know, that's what I think is important is like, it's easy. All you do is hold on and let go. And there's a lot of things she needs to let go of her past, but also of like what she thought of Tyler and also how she thought she needed to treat Zach. And if she just held on to that moment, this, this fun they're having, which they do, they're splashing each other. And it's just like a familial love you can see in that scene. Yeah. What do you got? And then we can wrap it on up. Hmm. I don't know. I think I, I already gave away all my predictions. Mm-hmm. So without knowing what actually happens, uh, I kind of want to just leave it there. Cool. Because uh, I think you, you hit on each of the kind of returning to themselves uh, aspects. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just to kind of wrap it up, it's those main three concepts, right? So recognizing who we are and who God is. So the humility and identity, the choice of our relationships and returning to who we are within that. I think those are the three yeah. main things. So challenge, I guess, is what's next, right? We, we can build around those three things. Obviously, so, it's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, so th- let's start with the community, right? Yeah. So look at the community that you're surrounded with. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your friends. Um, obviously, obviously, you can't choose all of those things. Um, but look at who you're surrounding yourself with. Is it someone who's building you up? Is it someone who is going to make you a better person? Or is it someone who's going to bring you closer to God? And if the answer is no, then let maybe maybe let it go. Uh, and that doesn't mean like everyone has to be like an yeah. ultra Catholic that you surround yourself with. But there are people in our lives who bring us the opposite direction, right? And we need to be able to let those people go if that's where we're being called to go, you know? Um, so make sure that you have a community that's there to support you because we become who we're surrounded by essentially. And we're strengthened by those who stand with us. So I think that's the first challenge. And the second challenge I think is to return to yourself. And I think the first and third part there, so knowing who you are and who your identity is. So maybe the challenge, I did an activity with, um, a different parish a couple weeks ago where, I asked the teens to meditate on the words in scripture that God gives us. So there's a lot of them. So it's like beloved, chosen, Mm -hmm. uh, son, daughter, friend, different words like that. So maybe the challenge can be to look at what Christ calls you because that's where your identity is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can only be given like a name by someone who owns you or made you. That's the only person who has the right to give you a name, um, which is why our parents can name us and why God can name us, but no one else really can. Um, and so let's, let's do that. Let's look at what does God call us? Let's meditate on that. And by looking at those names that God gives us, let's return to ourselves and who who we are. Reminds me of the confirmation retreat we just had this past Saturday. And we had a, a time where instead of a talk, it was like three different breakouts and the three, three different breakouts were a community identity the last one was like media and culture so did you give the media and culture? i did <laughs> <laughs> nice so but it proud. was like identity because that's you mm-hmm. community because that's everyone else around you and the media and culture because that's every anything that you can surround yourself with to take in yeah. consume and that's everything and so if you look at those things and kind of just like essentially a challenge of like seeing what what are things you need to kind of let go or loosen your grasp on 
Hmm. And what are things that you need to hold on tighter to? Strengthen that grasp on. I like that. And what's your wrestler name? What's my wrestler name? Oh, well, you can tell me, but I meant like, tell us what your wrestler name would be. Oh. I mean, I yeah. actually wrestled. I so Yeah, but that's I'm, the difference. <laughs> I am... Anyone who knows me knows that talking I'm about super cool wrestling. anti-WWE. Like, all of those <laughs> Even though wrestling. it's like RP, like it's role-playing. Yeah, I... I can't stand it. So I refuse to have a fake wrestler name. You can use my confirmation name. It's St. Matthew. Thieve wants to learn how to wrestle. Thieve, <laughs> Thieve is uh, Gordon's D&D character. So, all right. Shout outs. I don't know. I didn't ever prep this part. And I always freak. I don't, I don't know. It's all right. Uh, so... The only shout-outs I can think of are the people that I went to the RenFest with. So, first off, the Mattlers, who I know listen, and then uh, some parishioners who I hung out with while I was there, the, the Prohasco family. So, that was pretty cool to see them. Nice. Those are my shout-outs. Sweet. Uh, shout-out Rachel. She asked about the podcast today. Rachel Meinzer? Yeah. She's like, I haven't listened in a while. but And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah, other people. Thank you, everybody. Cool. <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome. Uh Make sure you guys are reaching out to us. You can check, uh, check us out on our website, which is thechristianculture.com. You can tweet at us at ontheadventure2. That's our handle. Facebook. We now have all of our, um, I shouldn't say all of our episodes. Most of our episodes are on YouTube, and we're working on putting more up there as well. So you can check out all of the newer ones, at least, uh, on our YouTube channel, which is The Christian Culture. And then Facebook, The Christian Culture. Mm-hmm. So make sure you guys are reaching out to us. We want to do some prize giveaways for people who reach out to us, but we're not going to do it unless we have people reaching out to us more often. So um, we want to be able to do that stuff for you guys. And if you are interested in supporting the show for anywhere from $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever, uh, you can do that. And we are working on putting out more exclusive content for the patrons. So all of our interviews that we're doing with a special guest and stuff. We're doing extra episodes just for our patrons. So mm-hmm, make sure you mm-hmm. check that out. Patreon.com backslash the Christ and culture. You can find all that stuff at our website as well as our blog. Yeah. Which if you want to write for the blog, let us know. We're looking for people to help write different stuff. Yep. So with that, thanks for joining us in the adventure this week and we will see you next time.